Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Uh, Today is Vision Sunday. Welcome. Yeah, welcome to Vision Sunday. Let's give a big round of applause. I want to share a brief message today um, about vision that I think is just really important. And it's going to be a shorter message because we have water baptisms. We have a lot of activities today. But it's a, it's a mission. It's a, it's a message that I believe is, is important to each and every one of us today. The Bible states in Proverbs 29, 18, it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. And it means that without divine revelation, people will become unruly or lost. We need that divine revelation in our life. You know, I grew up in the day, and some of you grew up probably in the same kind of era, where it was all about discipline. But you know, discipline without vision is super difficult. Trying to live a Christian life in the sense of obeying all the rules without any vision you're going to fail. You see, we need to have vision in our life. And when we have vision in our life, the disciplines follow. Because when we have vision, we have a goal. And our eyes are set upon something that we want to be able to conquer. And we want to be able to have Jesus do through our life. And then all of a sudden, naturally, the disciplines will talk, take place in our life. Because where there is no vision, the people perish. That's what the Bible says. There's a great story in the Bible, and it's the story of David and Goliath. And, and many of you have probably heard this story before. But if you haven't, it's one of the great miracles in the Bible. The story is about a young Israelite teen who takes down the mighty Philistine giant named Goliath. How many of you have heard that story before, yeah? He takes down that mighty Philistine giant, Goliath. And I encourage you at some point today to take the time to read 1 Samuel chapter 17. That's where you will find the entirety of that story, David and Goliath. I always think about this story. I always think about the fight scene with uh, the movie Troy with Brad Pitt. You remember? And he's Achilles. And there's a guy that he comes up against. And he, the guy has a sword. And Achilles goes up and slaughters this guy. I'm sorry. I'm a pastor that likes these type of movies. I, you know, I just... Keep praying for me. And, uh, but the guy in the actual movie, he's six foot 11. He's actually a, a, uh, one of those power lifter guys. And he's huge. And he takes down Achilles. Brad Pitt takes down this giant. And I can kind of imagine the scene being like David when he faces this Goliath who's like 9 to 11 feet tall according to Scripture. He's huge. And this, this young teen takes down this mighty giant. A little background to the story. The Philistine army brought a battle to the Israelite army. The Philistine army was camped on one hillside, and the Israelite army was camped on the other hillside. And in between the two hillsides is this valley. And then there's this giant from the town of Gath where really there was, these, were, these were giant people in this town. And, and this is Goliath, and he's standing on one side of the, of the hillside with his Philistine army, and he's the hero. He's the mighty guy. He's the big warrior. And he's shouting across the hillside. He said, is there anyone over there that wants to fight me? Is there anyone over there that wants to come and fight me? Now, he's nine feet tall 
or taller. He was massive. The Bible states this, catch this, that his bronze coat weighed 125 pounds. The tip of his spear was 15 pounds. Let me read you just part of the, we're not going to read the whole story today just for the sake of time, but let me read you verses 8 through 11 of 1 Samuel 17. It says, Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight, he called. I'm a Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be, we'll be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Let's just pray for just a moment. Lord, I thank you for your word today, and I pray, God, right now that your word would be illuminated into our heart and into our lives, into our mind. I pray, God, that your word will not just, uh, uh, go, your word, in fact, promises that your word will not be void, but, Lord God, it will bring truth into our hearts. I pray that we would be able to receive it, Lord, today, and that we will leave the day changed just to be a little bit more like you each and every day in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Scripture states that Goliath would parade around every morning and every afternoon or evening in front of the Israelite army, army. And he would taunt them. Is there anyone out there that would be willing to come and stand against me? Will there be anyone out there that's willing to fight? And it says in Scripture that they were all terrified. They were filled with fear. Here's the truth that I want you to catch today. When you allow your mind to give in to fear, you allow fear to grow in your life. When you allow your mind to give in to fear, what happens in our lives, all of a sudden fear begins to grow in our life. And this fear can be debilitating to us. This is what happened to the Israelite army. They were stricken with fear and unable to fight this giant. They literally ran away when he'd come onto the other side of the mountain. Verse 24 states that, as soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. They were afraid. At times in life, we might face a giant. Might not be a real life giant, but emotional, physical, spiritual giants in our life. As you grow older, you're going to face giants. No, if you haven't faced one yet, you're going to face one. Many times we're afraid to face those giants. Just hearing the voice of those giants causes us to run away in fear. It could be the giant of public speaking, brings fear into your life. It could be the giant of marriage. You grew up in a family that has a lot of divorce and you're afraid of marriage. It could be a giant of peer pressure. You're afraid to stand up for your beliefs because of what others might think about you. It could be the giant of failure. You, you avoid almost all opportunities because you're afraid to fail. So, no, I'm not going to do this because, and you're afraid to fail. It could be the giant of conflict. You're afraid of conflict, so you allow people to constantly take advantage of you over and over and over again because you're afraid of that conflict. Maybe it, the giant is authority. You see authority as abusive, so you run away from all authority. In fact, you rebel against any authority that tries to, tries to be in your life. It could be the giant of sickness. The idea of illness or disease terrifies you. Many of us have grown up with giants in our life. 
Many of us have had giants or different fears that have been placed in our life, either by, by friends or by family or by parents or by whatever. We've grown up with these fears in our lives. My mom had cancer, so I'm going to have cancer. True fear, come on. My dad was an alcoholic, so I'm going to be an alcoholic. You have these fears, you have these giants that are facing there, and we need to take those giants down. And you know what? You can be as disciplined as you want, but if you don't have vision, you're never going to take down that giant. You see, the Israelite army, they were disciplined. I bet you they marched in, in, in unison. I bet they did all the things right. But as soon as that giant stood up there and he put those words out, they were stricken with fear. They started to fall back in fear. But what would take place when all of a sudden a shepherd boy, he was a young teen, he all of a sudden says, what is this uncircumcised Philistine doing? And he gets up there and he says, he, he cannot talk to, the, to God's army that way. The Israelite army was God's army. And he's saying these things to, all of a sudden, man, there was a faith that arose in David's spirit. And he had a vision. It wasn't just faith. It was a vision. I can take down that giant. I've taken down a bear. I've taken down a lion before. I can take down this giant. See, if we allow fear to grow in our life, it affects our life. In fact, everything can be going right. Someone who's living in fear, everything can be going right, but it feels like everything is going wrong. Because we've allowed fear to rule our life. Goliaths will challenge you. They'll intimidate you. They'll speak lies over you. They'll create hostile environment of anxiety and hopelessness. Fear affects you. David, this young shepherd boy, when his father, Jesse, sent him to the front lines with some bread and some cheese to go bring that to his brothers who were serving in Saul's army. When David arrives at the front lines, he hears Goliath ranting and shouting at the Israelite army. No, no one in the Israelite army wanted to fight Goliath, but David was not afraid of Goliath. He couldn't understand why anyone wouldn't want to fight this giant. Soon King Saul hears about this young lad who wants to fight Goliath. So he summons David to his court. He says, what am I hearing about? You're going, to, you're going to try to fight. And listen to the words that David shares with King Saul. Verse 32, he says, don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. Have you ever been told that? There's no way that you can do that. You don't, what are you going to try to do? Are you kidding me? You're not capable. You're not talented enough. You don't have the experience. You can't do that. Tell that to David, a 16, 15, 16, 17-year-old kid. You're only a boy. And he's been a man of war since his youth. Skipping down to verse 36. I have done this to both lions and bears. David's talking about his experiences. And I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me, I catch this sentence. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said. And may the Lord be with you. Saul thought he was crazy. Are you kidding me? You're going to go out and fight this? And as you, I'm just for the sake of time, as you read the rest of the story, I'm just going to paraphrase 
David went down to the stream. He picked out five stones. He put one of those stones in his sling. And when the giant comes up against him, Goliath, he has all the army. He has the sword. He's ready to take on David. He's actually laughing at, this is the best you can send out to fight me? Seriously? See, David had this selective hearing ability. Some of you need to have that selective hearing. My grandma said I had that when I was a little kid. I never listened to her. There are certain people in your life you should never listen to. The enemy you should never listen to. People that talk down to you, you should not listen to. You need to have that selective hearing. You can't do it. You need to turn that off and start listening to the word of the Lord. You see, David understood what the word of God was all about. He understood that he was fighting on God's side. He was a part of God's army. He took that sling, he put that rock in there, and he started to whip that around so fast that when he released that stone out of that slingshot, it says that it went to the the giant's forehead and sunk deep into his forehead, and he fell right there. Boom. Splat. Done. Over. Dead. If he wasn't dead, guess what David did? And this is rated a little bit of PG, so cover the kids' ears for a minute. He took the giant's sword out of the sheath, and he cut off the giant's head. Now, that's kind of gruesome. But I hate movies when the villain, we know, we all know the villain is still alive. (laughs) We all know it. Don't turn your back on him. He is still alive. And they turn their back on the villain. And he gets up and he starts to stab him again or whatever. I like David. I said, I'm going to make sure this is over. Some of us need to make sure the fear that is leading our life, we take it, we say no more. And we speak to that fear by the word of God. And we don't take turn away from it. We run right towards it. See, David didn't turn away from the giant. He ran towards the giant. He said, oh, what are you? I can't say the words in church. <laughs> David was mad. You uncircumcised Philistine, I'm going to take you down today. How dare you talk about my God like the way you are? See, there's times in our lives where we just need to have a righteous anger that comes up in us. It says, no more. No more. See, vision gives you something that you can move towards. Fear, all it does, it places you and makes you move backwards. It makes you coward. We don't need fear in our life. David had a vision of what God could do. His faith was from the experiences of his past, and he wasn't going to allow fear to dictate or to destroy his future. David identified Goliath as his enemy. We need to identify the enemies in our life. Is TV an enemy? Identify it. Nothing wrong with TV, except if it completely captures your life. Is video games an enemy? Identify it. I don't think there's anything wrong with video games unless it has captured your life. We know pornography is an enemy of us. We can, we, can all, you know, we can say adultery is an enemy of us. We know it lie and cheat. We know the Ten Commandments. We know those. We can identify. But those things that are harder to identify are those things that kind of just 
slowly creep into your life. Identify your enemy and say no more. David identified Goliath. He said, you know what? You're not even a part of who God is. You're an uncircumcised Philistine. No more of you. He identified and said, I'm going to take you down. God wants us to access his authority and power over our lives. We're disciples of Jesus. Remember that series I just did? We're disciples of Jesus. We don't need to allow fear to have authority over us. We need to speak to our giants and believe that God's power will take them down. The vision statement of this church is creating environments to see what God can do through you. That's our vision. Creating an environment to see what God can do through you. Creating environments where families can thrive through God's power. Not living in fear, but living in faith. Not living in fear of what's going to happen to my children and are they going to be able to serve. No, living in faith, my children will serve God. For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's what Joshua said. He wasn't going to allow fear to jump on him. See, we allow it to happen to us and then we get all upset about it. Stop allowing it and say, no, 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 no. The discipline comes from when we have a vision to see what God has for our life. Do you have a vision? Grab a hold of that vision. Follow after God. Access his authority. Speak to those giants. We live in a society focused on fear and it's creeping into our children's lives and our teens' lives. And I'm sick and tired of it. I am tired of it. I'm tired of what the enemy is trying to do to our younger generation and even to us as adults. We need a church that's filled with Davids that can trust in God's power, that can lead an army who are cowering in fear and say, no, 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 for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord because we understand the power of God. It's time for us to stand up and be mighty warriors. I just was sharing with the men at our men's breakfast, I was sharing... What, it's, what the angel spoke to Gideon when he was facing insurmountable challenges against another army. The angel said to Gideon, when he was feeling the least, when he was feeling the smallest, when he was the, the, came from the smallest tribe of Manasseh, when he didn't feel like he had any capability, all of a sudden the angel came to say, mighty warrior. And there's some in here today that needs to grab a hold of that word where God is calling you, mighty warrior, stand up. Mighty warrior, stand up. Mighty warrior. See, we are are not mighty in our own strength, but we are mighty in God's power. The apostle Paul says, man, when I am weak, then I know that I am strong because then the power of God is working through me. In 2023, we are striving for greater victories Because we're going to create environments for God's power to work through our families. Let me share some of the core values of ministries today. I'm coming to a conclusion for those that are smelling the tacos downstairs. No, they're not. A core value should be seen as something that brings value to your family. And that's what we're about as South Coast Christian. That's what I think many of the churches are about. Hopefully they're preaching Jesus Christ, but also hopefully they're about value in families. As adults, we want to create an environment to see what God can do through people. Encouraging real community, life groups and activities. Thank you for those who are part of life groups. 
I'm actually seeing people praying with one another and concerned about one another. Developing dynamic growth through Bible studies, grow class, preaching. Got a really cool text this week where one of the gentlemen, a part of our Bible study, he texted about a big life opportunity that he was coming on Thursday. And he texted out and all of a sudden I see these men just encouraging words. We need that in our life. We need that encouragement to be about one another. That creates this dynamic growth in our life. Developing dynamic growth through Bible studies, grow class, preaching of God's word. We're about practicing authentic love through serving and through our missions. That's a big part of who South Coast Christian is. Our video said that we're ranked number 56 in the nation for our giving to missions. You saw $100,000. Here's the thing behind that whole scenario. We're ranked number 56 because there's someone or people that since I've been here for 10 years that still continue to give to missions and general counsel, and they designate our church as the giving. So this last year, we actually gave over $400,000 to missions. This church. Crazy. But you know what? This, this church is about missions. Expressing a generous worship in and everything we do. It's one of our environments that we have generous worship in all that we do. Generous worship in serving, generous worship in giving. Building passionate faith to believe in God's resolute power. Do you have the faith that God is more powerful than anything else in your life? We need to have that faith. We need to step and believe in that. And that's what we're trying to create, an environment of faith. Exercising extravagant grace and allowing God's glory to be revealed. And I want you to catch this. Exercising extravagant grace in allowing God's glory to be revealed in our weaknesses. There's times in our lives where we might feel weak. Let's create an environment where we can celebrate, let's say, when people are feeling in the weak times, that we know that God's power is going to flow through their lives. Amen? I want to share a couple more things. I share on behalf of Pastor Melissa and Pastor Brett, just for the sake of time. But our children's ministry is about creating environments to see what God can do through kids. We're going to do that at a higher level in 2023 because we desire kids to know Jesus. The foundation of children's ministry is to help kids in their relationship in knowing Jesus and obeying his word. It's creating a fun environment. You know, one of the things we've been talking about our staff in our staff meetings is that we want to bring a fun environment back to kids' ministry. Not that they don't have fun now. But one of the things that I'm just realizing, and I don't know if you see this as parents, our kids are, be, are being robbed of fun. They're being robbed of just having fun. Everything is so structured or everything is so built upon things that I don't even believe in. And we're robbing them of fun. Their fun activity now is getting behind a video game. And there's nothing wrong, but I'm going to preach against it a little bit. Thank you. I was waiting for that, Laura. I knew that was Laura. Praise God. I don't even have to look over there. I know that was Laura. We're allowing things to create an atmosphere of fun instead of us as parents creating an environment of fun for our kids. And so we as a church, we're, we're dedicated to creating a fun environment for our kids to enjoy. You know the reason why adults don't have fun? Because they didn't learn how to have fun when they were kids. And we need to bring fun back. Some of you are looking at me like, 
really did. Pastor Tom, yes, we do. It's healthy. It's important. It's helping kids learn how to build friendships. That's something that people are losing. They don't know how to socialize because we've become such a technical age today that we need to teach kids how to build relationships. It's training kids how to be disciples of Jesus, leaders for Jesus. Amen? Our youth ministries, creating mature disciples of Jesus, Echo Youth. It's discipling teens how to be strong, godly men and women with purpose. Discipling teens how to be strong, godly men and women with purpose. They have this one thought, which I love it. It's reaching the one. Reaching the one. Jesus shares the parable of how the shepherd leaves the 99 to go out and reach the one. It's not that he leaves the 99 in danger, but he knows that the one that's outside of his presence is in danger. So he goes out and searches and gets that one. See, there is no one that's not important to Jesus. Every single person is important to Jesus. This is what they're teaching in the youth. It's reaching the one. Core value is to bring clarity to the confusing topics that are facing our teens today. They're confusing topics to me. How much more confusing are they to teens? Guess what? We need to not shy away from those topics. We need to talk about those topics. It's creating a place where Christ-centered relationships can flourish. We've been talking about even advancing our junior high ministries, Echo J High, to another level on Sundays because it's so important that our teens are experiencing the presence of God. It's a brief highlight of the vision of South Coast Christian. I can go on and on and on because we have missions. We have life groups. We have all the different things that we want to do. Fam, family assistance ministry that we're trying to partner with in San Clemente. I want our groups to start doing more of that so we're serving. That we're having fun serving. See, we can have fun in doing other things besides just sitting. We can have fun helping others. Amen? My time is running out. Today we're going to do something that's super special, super fun. Super fun. Did you catch that? <laughs> I don't think there's a better way to end our services today than with water baptisms. Jesus said to his disciples before his ascension into heaven, he says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go, therefore, make disciples. One of the things that we signify if I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ is through baptism. Pastor Tom, what's baptism all, is all about? Why do people choose to go into a, a water and get submerged into the water? I don't understand that. Well, I'm glad that you asked. Let me explain it to you today. Do you know Jesus was baptized? He was baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist. It was interesting. When Jesus got baptized, it was right before it says the Holy Spirit descended upon him. And there was a voice from heaven that says, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. And then immediately the Holy Spirit takes him out into the wilderness where he is tested by the enemy for 40 days. There's something powerful in water baptism. It signifies that I'm no longer a part of this world, but I am now a part of Jesus Christ. I'm a power, part of God's power. Jesus goes into the, into the wilderness being tempted by the enemy and never gives in one time. Fasting for 40 days. And it really ushers in the ministry of what Jesus 
does for the next three and a half years. He heals the sick. He raises the dead. He makes the blind see, the deaf hear. He, he loves the lepers who no one will touch. He hugs them and, and heals them. He preaches on the mountain type side where you think this. Guess what? God thinks this. Blessed are those. He shares. He loves people. There's something powerful with water baptism. What it signifies is this. When we go into the water, it signifies that we're that just as Christ died on the cross for our sins, we're dying to our sins as we're submerged into the water. We're saying, I am being washed and cleansed from my past, from my present, from my future sins once and for all, for all time. And then when we come out of the water, it signifies, symbolizes a new life in Jesus Christ. Just as God raised Jesus from the tomb, we are being raised to a new life, a new disciple in Jesus Christ. That's what water baptism is all about. Jesus said, Matthew 28, 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptize him in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We are a church that believes God's word, and we're a church that practices God's word. Today we have some candidates, I call them candidates, we have some lovely people candidates. What in the world? Forgive me. We have some lovely people that are going to be baptized today. They've made this decision. Some of them have been Christians for years and years and years, but they made a decision today, I'm going to be baptized. Maybe you are here today and you've been following Christ for years, or maybe for a year, maybe for three weeks, and you've never been water baptized. And you say, man, Maybe I need to make that decision once and for all my life. Maybe I need to come in front of a congregation. When I say congregation, the family of God. And signify to each and every person here that I'm a disciple of Jesus. I have chosen to follow Jesus. You might have done so in your heart. You are choosing to follow Jesus each and every day of life. And you're doing great. But man, there's something powerful about signifying it through water baptism. All the, there was throngs of people coming out to the Jordan River where John the Baptist was baptizing. The disciples were baptizing people. When Paul was Macedonia and all of a sudden he was locked in prison, he was set free from prison miraculously by the power of God. And the, 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 the soldier, the, the guard was about ready to commit suicide. And Paul says, don't commit suicide. We are here. There's nothing going to happen to you. It was such a powerful testimony of God's love that it says that in the Bible that him and his family were all saved and they all were water baptized that night. They didn't even wait. You know how cold, cold the water must have been at night? This thing's all nice, toasty, and warm. We create an environment where you're going to be water baptized and you're going to like, oh, I don't want to come out of this. This is great. Maybe you're here today. And you never made that decision. But today you're saying, man, Pastor Tom, next time you have water baptism, I want to make that commitment. Well, guess what? You don't have to wait till next time. We have t-shirts. We have shorts. We have towels in the lobby. If you want to be baptized today, we have all the t-shirts. Double X, X, small. We have them all. If we don't have any small, we'll put an extra large and tie it tight, okay? It will work. But if you want to be baptized today, 
the only prerequisite that we have is that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that you love Jesus. And if you do and if you've never made that decision, we encourage you to be a part of that. We're going to close the day with water baptisms. And then after the service, we're going to have a blast. We have a whole taco feed downstairs. I mean, with the price of food going up, guys, come on. We're going to feed your whole family for free today, okay? And it's good food. I'm just, I'm telling you, it's good food. So you can be a part of that downstairs today. You'll leave the, the lobby doors. You'll turn to your right. Some of you have never seen the downstairs. We have a whole room this size downstairs that we'll have, we have tables set up and we'll have a great time. We encourage you to be a part of that. And then at one o'clock we have our business meeting. But right now what I want to do is focus on people who are making a decision to be baptized and saying, you know what? I want to state it to my family, to my friends, to my church, that this is me. For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen? We're going to worship. This is going to be the conclusion of our service. It's through worship. Pastor Brett's going to lead us and guide us through this process. We're going to, I'm going to start water baptizing. I'm going to ask the, those who are being baptized today, if you would come on down to the front and just kind of move towards this front row here. And uh, we're just going to take some time here. When we baptize, when people come out of the water, I want you to celebrate. I want you to celebrate. I want you to hoop and holler. I don't want you to be shy in church. Because you know what? It's representing a life that says, you know what? I'm making a, it's not a new commitment, but it's a deeper commitment to Jesus Christ that day. If you want to be wild or baptized today, go out into the lobby as well. We'll get some things ready for you. For those who are ready, come on down the front and we'll get started here shortly. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.